Welcome to Green Rabbits. You are listening to your favorite podcast again. You're welcome. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> um, and Nancy and I are excited about this conversation because it is Pedestrian Safety Awareness Month. For all of October. For all and of October. ideally we should be living like it's Pedestrian Safety Month every single day we of the should. year, but it's fine. Um, so uh, just a reminder, you are not stuck in traffic. You are the traffic. And we're just going to give a few reasons why we should respect pedestrians, mm -hmm. especially in this month, building more awareness. And then also uh, just really great ways to lessen car traffic. But before we do all that, um, we do want to highlight a project that we're working on that's really hand in hand with a lot of the Psych Pedestrian Safety Month um, guidelines that we're going to share with you later in the episode. But um, one of the bigger campaigns that we're working on is this group we call Sharpen, which stands for the Safe and Healthy Roosevelt Park Neighborhood. Um, and this project, um, we were invited to come in and, um, and by we, I mean like UCC, the, the environmental team, we were invited to come in to work with the Roosevelt Park Neighborhood Association um, because they were having some issues with, basically, We've talked about frontline communities before on this podcast, right? So we don't need to redefine no, that. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about them enough, but we have talked about them before. Um, but um, the Roosevelt Park neighborhood is a predominantly Latino and black neighborhood. Um, not to say that that's all there is there, but it's just predominantly Latino and black. And it is like a lower income neighborhood. It has a very high um, immigrant population. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of on the fringe of Grand Rapids. So it's kind of like your last little like leave to, um, you know, when you're leaving into Wyoming or yeah, it's heading out of the city. It's like the the bridge, the, mm -hmm. inner, the in between mm -hmm. of those two spaces for yeah. sure. It almost has like, yeah. And then some people refer to it as like Little Mexico. I've heard it okay. referred to it as just because of the amount of um, just like culture that's there, right? Absolutely. Like, um, there's like a lot of like little local restaurants, a lot of little local stores. Ugh, can we coin that term? I mean, not me personally, but like, can that just be a thing? Like. Little Mexico. Little Mexico. It does sound cute. It's so it? cute. Everyone yeah. has a little something. Mm -hmm. But anyway, keep going. Um, but it's one of the biggest issues and challenges this community is facing is is facing is that due to like redlining, we're seeing like we we know kind of a redlining, I guess, right? Or do, do you want to give like a quick definition for that? Um, I mean, redlining is essentially people who have been cornered into living in certain areas because of their ethnicity, because of their race, because of their financial situation, mm -hmm. um, but Economic mostly, class and stuff, yeah. exactly. And it's mostly black, brown, indigenous people mm -hmm. of color mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, who get redlined. And so they are not only cornered into only being able to buy homes into certain areas by either realtors, banks, lenders, um, or just the this general standard of the area that they live in, mm -hmm. um, they're kind. They, we have been historically pushed away from owning homes in certain spaces, yep. um, and also living in certain spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, so this can come down to somebody saying, "Oh, your credit check doesn't pass," or you know, just little tiny things that we have to go through. Um, honestly, if you ask me, even uh, having somebody pay um, a fee to do a application mm -hmm. for, for renting is some That's form insane. of run lighting because yeah. people can't afford those types of things. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, redlining is the historic term, the, the term for historically 
um, marginalizing people into certain neighborhoods. Yes. Um, so the Russell Park neighborhood is kind of a red line neighborhood, right? Um, so it's right next to like industrial plants. It's right next to the highway. Um, like, and like all these space, like, you know, like the industry, like it's a not very, it's not healthy, right. To be around that stuff. So mm-hmm. close to it. Um, especially when you got kids and stuff playing around in areas where, um, like for example, there's a bin, and I think it's something that we've mentioned before, but there's been PFAS contamination, yep. um, kind of in the Roosevelt Park or in Black Hills area. On Godfrey. Um, on Godfrey. Yep. Uh, and then there's also, yeah, like I said, it's right, right next to the highway. So just think about the amount of just like smog and everything that's right close to the area. Yes. Um, but one of, because of that, like one of the issues with the, the neighborhood is already burdened with pollution, right? Mm-hmm. From like all sides. But an additional source of pollution is just through traffic from trucks trying to hop on the highway that cut right through Cesar Chavez. And we're going to refer to that just kind of as the Roosevelt Park Corridor because mm-hmm. it is kind of like that main street. It's almost like the downtown street of that neighborhood. Yep. So in Caesar mm-hmm. starts at Granville downtown mm-hmm. and it runs through. It turns, I don't know where it turns into Caesar or if it's just Caesar, the whole road now. Um, it turns, it's Caesar up until Clyde Park and then okay. that's when it hits the Wyoming city limit and there it turns go. into Chicago Drive. Yep. And it turns into, uh, that's where exactly where I was getting. So it turns into Chicago drive mm-hmm. and so the reason why trucks use this is because this used to be a road that trucks were allowed to use mm-hmm. for industry specifically mm-hmm. um, so this has been an issue for literally decades yeah so um, years and years and years ago um, back in and I don't remember the year but I want to say it was like the year like around 2000 but um, we were and by we I mean the Roswell Park um, neighborhood association and residents and neighbors had organized to try and change the classification of that road of Caesar mm-hmm. um, from back in the middle. It's called Granville, living on the Ville. Um, <laughs> but they used to, they changed the classification so that it turned it from a truck route into a major road mm-hmm. um, to ha- try and help discourage a lot of that truck traffic. Um, unfortunately, because that hasn't been changed on Google, when truck drivers put in their GPS, like that still shows up as like a route that they can take. Mm-hmm. So we're still seeing a lot of heavy, heavy truck traffic. And I'm not even saying like those little delivery trucks that are just like a truck. I'm talking about like 18 wheelers, just like mm-hmm. massive industrial trucks that are carrying like a lot of materials and waste. Um, and all of that soils the city. It ruins the roads mm-hmm. um there's an elementary school right on the corner of cesar chavez and hall and like when kids are getting out like that gets crazy well there's multiple schools along that stretch mm-hmm. there are like after school Southwest. programs mm-hmm. there are hospitals and mm-hmm. grocery stores and shops mm-hmm. and so many residents yeah, and literally just like houses right like just people are just living there um, but they're having to deal with all this, like, not just, like, the actual literal pollution of these trucks just barreling through all the time, but also, like, the noise pollution, because, you know, like, these trucks are just passing by, like, at odd o- at all hours of day and night. Shaking the windows. Sh- like, literally rattling the windows. Um, and, like, I know because I've, I've been to a lot of these houses and a lot yes. of these spaces, and whenever a truck passes by, sometimes you have to, like, pause your conversation because of how loud they are. Actually, fun fact, because of noise pollution from cars we often have to cut things out of our podcast because really no matter where you are in the city you're going to be hearing the massive trucks that are driving by Mm -hmm. and that is a huge 
uh, deficit to the ability to, you know, do your job, to concentrate, um, to sleep well. I mean, these are all things that people deal with when there's constant traffic driving by, especially your home. Um, so yeah, a lot of people in Roosevelt Park neighborhood are really facing this at a higher rate than other people are because of the amount of industry there. Mm -hmm. And then also because it used to be a road that trucks used, um, years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the reason why we're rounding back, uh, to yeah. sharpen is because we need to, again, talk about getting the trucks off of Granville, mm -hmm. which is what it used to be called. Yeah. Uh, get the truck off Granville. If you've heard that, um, yeah, we're forming uh, the same coalition just mm -hmm. with more people involved and in trying to get the same exact idea across. Yeah. So for the little section of um, Granville that's between Franklin Street and Hall Street, like 91% of the people felt that they were not safe crossing the street. Ninety what? Ninety-one percent of people. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Yeah. So like that just goes to show like it's just like a really big safety hazard. Um, the area also has like a really high um, pedestrian population too. So mm -hmm. like you know a lot of people that just don't have cars and like just walking is kind of what they do. Um, and then um, so I was close on the two thousand. So that they actually started the campaign in nineteen ninety-eight. Okay. So we are like 25 years we were five. into this battle, I'm saying. Um, so that's when we changed it from a truck route to, and then we tried to just like reroute it through MDOT. Uh, in the early 2000s, they, um, like earlier efforts, we did some streetscaping that included like some bus stops and sidewalks and stuff. Um, uh, in 2016, there was a get the truck off online position to get petition to get MDOT to transfer the ownership of the street to Grand Rapids. Um, also in 2016, there was some street calming demonstrations at the Roosevelt Park area from September 30 to September 10, which tested the viability of some crosswalks, ADA accessible ramps, seating, landscaping, um, and other things within like the right of way. And then um, the demonstration resulted in trucks and vehicles having to slow and yield to pedestrians, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of just had, had like a little bit of this like direct action just to be like, hey, like how accessible really are these streets to the people that are actually living here? Not at all. Uh, in 2017, MDOT did transfer that section of road to the city of Grand Rapids. Uh, and part of this was because of an area-specific plan. So when you guys hear about the area-specific plan surveys going out, next year in a couple years i think they only happen every 20 years though right um <laughs> uh, right now we're in the middle that. of well right now the grand rapids is like we're in the, they're kind of still collecting some feedback for the next asps um so make sure you keep ears out for that but anyway in 2019 um they reviewed all the truck routes because and then we're realizing that the ordinance hadn't been amended since 1981 um but like Th this was not being enforced at all. Of course, so and it still isn't today. And still not today, yeah, which is why we're kind of regrouping. But so that's part of why we're still in this battle. Um, so things what? were not happening. So in 2020, there was a video about crosswalk safety with the YMCA, which was posted publicly. Um, and this was mostly to help the residents, right? Like they're the ones that are actually crossing the street and having to be safe because of all the hazards on that street. Of course. Um in 2021, um, the RPNA received a grant with the Sustain West Michigan Sustainable Business Forum, 
which is how we're starting to be able to start our efforts again on getting the trucks off of Granville. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, we, so we've been doing this for, like, 25 years. And, again, I keep saying we, but we as a community. The, the community Park, has been fighting to get this done for most of our existence. Yeah. And, like, and yeah, it's one road. And it's one road. And it's, like, a little piece of road. And oh. then... A road that is named after some, you know, like, they name roads all across the country mm -hmm. after Cesar Chavez mm -hmm. and there is a city in uh California in San Diego oh, there yeah. Cesar Chavez is literally dealing with the same exact issue Redlining, almost verbatim industry, truck traffic uh -huh. so this happens to specific neighborhoods mm -hmm. right and this this is like why doesn't this happen in East 20 Town? year struggles across the country mm -hmm. so this is not just specific to Grand Rapids this is very um a widespread issue and yeah. i think grand rapids can definitely take it you know examples and and move forward um from this unsafe lifestyle that we just continue to subject people to mm -hmm. um people in that neighborhood and like i said across the country totally deserve better mm -hmm. they should not be in 20-year fights to get truck traffic away from their children and families and businesses and mm -hmm. lives yeah but again this is like another one of those environmental injustices that frontline communities are like f just forced to live with and they are again frontline because they are at the front lines of these issues yeah, they are the fighting this every single day mm -hmm. um so sharpen s-h-r-p-n the <laughs> do it for safe me safety and healthy, uh -huh. safety and healthy Roosevelt, Roosevelt Park, Park neighborhood. neighborhood. <laughs> I we always get caught up on this, all these acronyms. Um, but we we are working to um, revamp and and reamplify, get the truck off of Granville, mm -hmm. and all of the work that people have been doing for the past twenty years. Yep. Um, if you want to know more about the air quality in that specific neighborhood or in your specific neighborhood, we're gonna, always going to remind you. Um, you can visit the city health dashboard, mm -hmm. and you can actually see the difference in air quality by neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, we're not making this up. The, this neighborhood is the most polluted area in the city, yep. hands down. Mm -hmm. um, and just air also does air quality monitoring and so if you're curious about your neighborhood or again that neighborhood in particular you can find that information there as well mm -hmm. um we became super aware of this over the summer with all of the fires and air quality alerts that we were all receiving um so looping back around to the reason why we need to do this is because there's a lot of pedestrians mm -hmm. on these roads like nancy said a lot of people just there's a high amount of pedestrians. There are children. There are people who choose not to drive or can't drive. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to bring awareness to the fact that they have rights just as cars do. Yep. Um, and most cars, I have been a car owner before, and mm -hmm. I was not always going to the speed limit. <laughs> um, <laughs> most cars definitely take over more space than they need to. Mm -hmm. um, so again, you are not stuck in traffic. You are the traffic. All of the single people and all of the, you know, large vehicles, you're creating the traffic that you're frustrated about. Mm -hmm. So just a reminder, um, when we walk more, when we have safer spaces to walk, mm -hmm. safer spaces to drive, to, well, to drive, but to uh, ride bikes, um, and when we have quicker transit, we are more able to get spaces quicker, or like more efficiently and safer. Mm -hmm. um, so just awareness that when you're, you see the striped lines all around the city of Grand Rapids, 
and the specifically marked the marked crossroads, but mm-hmm. um, the ones that are not at stoplights. Mm-hmm. So like down Wealthy Street, you'll see them. A lot of the ones on Wealthy Street are marked um, because it is a predominantly white area (laughs) but they have a little pedestrian sides and they do Mm -hmm. um they're just crosswalks you have to legally stop at those Mm -hmm. um there does not have to be a stop sign and there does not have to be a flashing beacon Mm -hmm. if you see white lines with crosses um uh, going across the street you have to stop for pedestrians they do have the right of way Mm -hmm. um it is a little bit different when you get to lights they have the flashing beacons which Mm -hmm. tells people how long they can walk um but giving them a few extra seconds to do so is always going to be much safer than rushing anybody around Mm -hmm. exactly yeah um yeah, but i guess just a little bit more sharpened so like they counted like 56 trucks per hour oh well um when they did a study in 2022 last year um so just like imagine like that's like a truck a minute like you guys need to just really like you just need to like put that in your head like that's yeah well and okay like about a truck a minute every like minute two seconds or something well and then on top of all of the cars which is the cars yeah so Mm -hmm. which is why we need less cars on the road Mm -hmm. for pedestrians we need more awareness for the fact that we want the trucks off granville not just because we don't like trucks Mm -hmm. Um, they are emitting an incredible amount into our air which is making the quality less Mm -hmm. but also we need it to be safer for people there's no reason for over 50 trucks per hour to be riding down any road Mm -hmm. that's going to completely crumble an infrastructure right um, and, and then also like bike lanes, right? Mm-hmm. So the, we share the roads with bikes. Um, bikes in Grand Rapids are allowed to ride in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually supposed to. We're not supposed to be on um, sidewalks at all. Uh, if you have to, sometimes it's not very safe um, for mm-hmm. you to because of the amount of road traffic. Yeah. I'd like to add to that, like, um, at my community garden, I have a gardener who wants to come in and she wants to bike in, but she feels very unsafe biking on, like, that little corridor, right? Of course. Because, like, there's people speeding, because there's so many trucks, because there's so much traffic, she's like, I can't drive my bike here. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's super important. Well, it is. And it's because, you know, some people choose to bike mm-hmm. uh, for air quality mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people choose to bike for health reasons. Some people just don't want to drive mm-hmm. um, and some people can't. And so we need to respect the fact that we share these roads. Um, usually most bikes are not going that much slower than the actual <laughs> marked speed limit in residential areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are also bike lanes. So when there isn't a bike lane, Bikes are allowed to be in the road, um, but otherwise bike lanes just respect the amount of space that people may need mm-hmm. and look out for them. Um, don't sit out and, you know, over a crosswalk or over a bike lane that might impede somebody's ability to get somewhere safely, yep. especially when you're talking about disabled people. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to quick plug Lime Scooters uh, just because um, I have personally ridden over 190 miles Thank you, thank you. Um, in like the past probably four months, um, using Lime so scooters cool. and bikes, mo- mainly the bikes. Mm-hmm. They are a lot safer, even though I don't want to admit it. They are mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all electric. They are relatively cheap, uh, but it's convinced me to buy a e-bike, e-bike this mm-hmm. spring coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the winter, uh, 
you know, you can absolutely make that transition. I feel healthier. I feel stronger. And mm. I feel very liberated in yeah. not having a car, mm. you know, to pay for my insurance and gas and all the other things. Right. Um, I've gotten around relatively well. Mm. And um, that's because I use buses, uh, trains to get around mm-hmm. when I can. Uh, but I actually want to talk about the lack of trains and how that does become difficult. And Nan- Nancy can attest to this going from living in a large city uh, yeah, where you didn't even drive because you didn't really need to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when I was in California, we had so many options for getting around, right? I got my bicycle. I had um, public transportation and not just any public transportation, but I had three different kinds to choose from. Right. So I had like the, I lived in Long Beach. So I had like the Long Beach transit and then there was a, you know, the buses I would, I would take to college or where have you. And there was like their metro buses, which were more countywide. So those are kind okay. of all around like Los Angeles. If I was like, oh, I'm gonna pop over to like you know a couple, a couple, two cities away or something, maybe I would take the two cities away. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I would take like the metro network, right? Right. But then like if I was like, oh, I want to go to like Pasadena, which is like deep Los Angeles, then I'm like, oh, maybe for that I'll hop on the metro rail. You know, like and this is metro being a, a train. A huge tra- it's a huge like, public transportation, yeah. Yes. So the metro had, they had buses, but they also had metro rail, which is a trains. Um, I, if I wanted to go even just like into downtown LA, I would just take the metro rail in. It would leave me right by my favorite restaurant where I would get the love of my life, which is... <laughs> uh, Cuban torta. But anyway, <laughs> the way you like quietly said it, but also the love of your life that that explains Nancy and food to the T. I love that. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Like, and it was like, it, like to be fair, it was like a little bit of a mission, right? It was like an hour to get in. But then like, also like if you've never been to LA, like there's no parking. Yeah. So it's like I, the time that I saved looking for parking, I spent just on the Metro road, just getting there. But you also learned how to get around. Like, you're totally fine. Look, you survived, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And also, I want to say, none of these things make you poor. No. And you said something. I don't know who the quote is by or what the exact quote is. I don't know who the quote is by. But give the general gist of it, right? Okay. But the gist of this quote is that in a city, like a well-designed, in a well-designed city, the rich and the poor both take public transportation. And that's because, like, they made the public transportation so good that it's just the most efficient way to get around. Exactly. And it's almost like a class melting pot. Um, I feel like when you're taking public transit, you're also just, like, less in, like, your little metal and glass bubble, right? Like, you're Absolutely. more, you're kind of almost forced to interact with the people around you, the people in your city. Mm-hmm. You get to see more of their, maybe more of the joy of strangers, the pains of strangers. Like, I just feel like it makes you a little bit more connected to the people around you. Yeah, you really can't ignore it. And, and actually, to your point, something that I've really noticed in walking and biking and taking the bus more, um, which I used to dread, I want to be honest, in my early 20s, I really disliked the bus, but I've grown to really appreciate it. And it's because I get to see people mm-hmm. and the city in such a different way. You know, mm-hmm. you have conversations with people. People, you look at their face or they smile and wave at you or, you know, just whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Nancy found the quote. I found the quote. Uh, so the quote is attributed to the former mayor of Bogota, Colombia, whose name is Gustavo Petro. Um, although... I think it might, I don't know, there's controversy around who actually said it. But basically the quote is, a developed country is not a place where the poor have cars. 
it's where the rich use public transportation. I love that. Yeah, like it's just like, it's an even playing ground too, right? And there are countries all over the world Mm -hmm. that successfully do this. There are countries in China. There are countries... like like literally like Japan, J- Japan France, has some of the Europe. best. Barcelona has uh, some great public transport. London and, and these people, right? We always mm. hear about how you can get anywhere in Europe, in by like train. by train. And we simply do not have that structure built in the United States. Mm-hmm. And imagine and, if we had high speed rails. Oh, I would be so happy. Well, and in you know a state like Michigan where we really do love cars, it takes hours to get across state Mm -hmm. on a bus or on a train um so just a reminder that like the more we use these things the more the our cities and our states and our country will plan into Mm -hmm. the the need to fund it Mm -hmm. and so just you know again it doesn't make you poor it just makes the system more efficient Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I do want to highlight in Grand Rapids is that we do have a bus rapid transit. And so it's called a BRT and it is the silver line. Mm. So you've probably seen it before. They have, um, raised platforms. So you usually can see them. One runs right through downtown. There's also one, um, that runs across division Mm. and division also has a dedicated bus lane. Mm. And so this is the way that this system is able to operate efficiently. Um, because they can run, I believe every seven minutes they're picking people up. And so um, they have a 9.6 miles of a loop that the bus does. Mm -hmm. There's 34 stops. um, And they have information displayed Mm -hmm. when each bus is next going to arrive. Mm -hmm. Um, They run seven days a week. They have 24-hour lighting for emergency. And they also have phones for emergency. Um, They have... uh, Oh, a snow melt system under That's each platform. Cool. I know, which is huge. If you if you ride a bus anywhere, you know that having mm-hmm. a snow melt system under you would save so much of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the reason why this works so well again is because oh, there we go. We would have blocked that out. Um, we're gonna leave it in for pedestrians. <laughs> um, but um, I think it's important to know that the more you do this, right? So the more we see bikes, the more aware we are of them. Mm-hmm. The more we see pedestrians, the more aware we are of them. Mm-hmm. And the more that we use public transit, the better it becomes. The more frequent people make that. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to pay twenty dollars to park your car downtown. Oh, you have to sit in traffic. I'm ashamed to say how many times I've freaking paid you know so much for parking. I mean, Nancy and I just talked about when I did have. <laughs> a car how many times we would drive to the same place separately separately and we love the friggin' planet <laughs> and, yeah. and now it's like not even a question nancy just texts me like hey i'm on my way and she's picking me up we carpool all the time yeah. you know so, so we're like sharing our collective carbon footprint yes. now instead of having like two separate ones she let me use driving. her car on a trip over the last week that i needed yeah, and then while i was here i would either carpool with people or take the bus and it's just so it is sacrifice right you did sacrifice your car I ha- did sacrifice giving up mine, and I have mm-hmm. to find other ways. Yeah. But essentially what it does is hopefully make a cleaner environment, mm-hmm. a healthier me, mm-hmm. and bring more awareness to the fact that some people just simply love doing this or don't have another option, and we should really give them as much respect as we give, mm-hmm. and, and space as we give our cars. Mm-hmm. They're massive. 
very huge. <laughs> and like to yeah, like disclaimer, like I do have an SUV, right? So it's also not the smallest car, but like it is a hybrid yeah. and and you're ride sharing and i was like and i'm basically like yeah like it's almost like a little like community car with our friend group right like yeah whoever needs to use it gets to use it like the my car went to minneapolis without me because my friends borrowed it yeah so like yeah. Well, and, and it really builds community, right? Mm-hmm. So you're building community if you're on a bus, if mm-hmm. you are, you know, lending things to your friends mm-hmm. um, by just being in the environment mm-hmm. that you actually live in. I have, I know now, now know what some of my neighbors look like. And I was absolutely ignoring that in my car, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So like this month in particular, my call to action would be to once a week consider walking somewhere under a mile mm-hmm. or biking somewhere under two. That's easy enough to do. If you don't have a bike, use the Lime bikes. I do it all the time. They are like almost too much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe take a they bus. Have scooters too, if bikes aren't your thing. Yes, just be really safe. Yeah, you can take the bus. Uh, maybe try carpooling with somebody to work. Yeah. Um, oh, I actually got an email from uh, one of my coworkers at WimCat about how there's this national no car week. There we go. Um, let me pull it up really quick. That's pull okay. it up, please. Let's see, WimCat. And, you know, I was really afraid to, while Nancy looks this up, I was really afraid to ride my bike everywhere. It definitely was something that I needed some encouragement on. But truthfully, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, and I know there's a lot of hills in the city, which is slightly discouraging. So e-bikes are mm-hmm. definitely the wave. Yes. Um, and you can actually t- take full advantage of the e-bikes because um, from October 2nd until October 8th this year Ooh. is National Week Without Driving. Um, and I just realized I already messed up because I definitely drove today. But I also have oh, like whatever. seven places to be. We today. carpooled. We did carpool. And true. I did ride my bike. So yes. I did that for us. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so... Um, that's something that like some of my coworkers at WimCut are doing and they're doing some things like they're, um, riding their bikes together into work. Very they're cool. like, Hey, if you haven't ridden the, ridden the bus before, I'll go with you. So, you know, like make it a fun thing. Like it doesn't have to be like some like martyrdom, like martyrdom. How do you say that word? Martyrdom? Like when you're being a martyr, martyrdom. You are asking the wrong dummy. <laughs> you don't have to make it like purgatory for yourself. <laughs> no, totally. And, and I love cool. that. Like mm-hmm. encourage people to do it with you. Mm-hmm. Make it fun. It's beautiful out. Like, oh, although it should fall. not be, let me say, it should not be 80 degrees in <gasps> motherfucking October. No. But take advantage of the nice day mm-hmm. and seriously challenge yourself by either walking or biking somewhere this week. Mm-hmm. Ditch your car if you can. You will save gas. You will save Honestly, sometimes I only take five more minutes to get somewhere. Yeah. So that's not bad. I love that. That's your call to action is mm-hmm. to bike somewhere. And then your other call of action is walk somewhere. Walk somewhere, take a bus, mm-hmm. and encourage your people to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do it together as a group. Like if your and your coworkers live close to each other, maybe you guys can all just kind of like go to a little rendezvous and like bike together from there to work, you know, make if, it cool. If you see either Nancy or I walking or biking, holla, holla you know, guys, Say like we, we're really trying um, to make this as enjoyable as we all can. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, while we have the opportunity, let's do something a little green. Yeah.
So Pedestrian Safety Awareness Month. Keep that in your head. Um, and we will see you guys next time in a couple weeks. Peace. Peace. Bye.